Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. The initial battle against Malsius and the Church of Corum's forces was long and bloody. Just as it seemed Malsius was backed into a corner, General Nils Virages and his crew interrupted in a fiery fashion. Rather than aiding Malsius, Nils was only interested in capturing Darwin to further his own ends. More damage, a small clockwork device entered the church clapping its wings in a simple rhythm. It served as a distraction just long enough for a blizzard to blow into the church, dousing the flames and practically blinding everyone. The winds of the snowstorm carried a familiar tune of one Tonk Maggle. As the snowstorm subsided, he and Iskra Malden emerged into view. Unfortunately, this also gave both Malsius and Nils the chance to flee unnoticed. Looking around the main hall of the church, Malsius's bloody footprints lead to a doorway on one side of the room, while Nils and his crew's footprints lead to a door on an opposite wall. All that remains in this room are the bodies of those you have slain, with the exception of Hady, who is simply asleep in the snow on one side of the room. As Tonk and Iskra join you in the church, you find yourselves with a moment to rest and recuperate from the fight. Tonk is willing to help as much as he can, while Iskra is able to provide more information on General Nils and his crew. Thank goodness we got here when we did. I found Tonk and some of your other friends snooping around the church. I thought you'd be able to handle the situation on your own, at least until I saw Nils and his cronies show up. I never really got along with them, but I didn't know they were part of that way of obligate mortality. If you're going to go up against them, you need to be careful. It's not just that they're ruthless. They are. <sighs> they're also among those who have been undergoing trials with the help of the abilities from the Grim Pendants. I also hear that they've been experimenting with magic from the Perpetual Accord. The Warlock's Guild is dangerous enough on their own, but combining their methods with the ways of Corum could be frightening. 
Not that you should leave Malsius to his own devices, either. He may have wanted to punish Finnegan before, but it's safe to say you're all on his list now. I've made myself vulnerable by interfering, but I should have enough wiggle room to keep out of trouble for now. But I suppose that all depends on what you plan to do next. So, what does come next? She looks around the room, noticing the dead bodies, especially those of the church members who were not part of the monk way. And yeah, she looks at Darwin, looks at his leg, and looks you each in the eye. What do you all want to do? Uh, heal? <laughs> I mean, like, we, we need a moment to catch our breath and... And regroup and come up with a plan. Yeah. It- Are you? We can't waste any time here. Tonk, go and grab Sam and the rest of the Timoni. Get them on tracking. We want them to follow Malsius. We want to know where he is as soon as we're ready to fight him. Do not engage with him. Just keep eyes on him. Okay. Iskra says, it looks like you do need a minute to touch up some of those wounds of yours. Tonk says, oh yeah, I can get Sam and them. What about Owan? He's outside, too. Does anybody else have thoughts on Owan? I don't. Me neither. He's a giant metal man. I think tracking's probably not going to be his strongest suit. He's a small metal man. Sorry. Small metal man. But metal man, nonetheless. Uh, To be clear, Malsius' bloody footprints that go through a doorway, that's still all within the church. But if you wanted to create a separate group who's tracking him through the church... You I can. thought that was going outside the church. Um, no, no, he's. this is his stronghold. This is his place of power. He's not leaving the church. Well, then uh, ignore everything I just said. Okay. <laughs> Let's rewind that a little. I, um, all right. So instead, I say, um, Tonk, go out and tell Sam and the rest of the Timoni to try and find any exits and get toys on them. If... Malsius is to leave. We want to know which direction he's going and start following him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course I can. Uh, do you all need a little bit of help first with your uh, injuries? Yes. Yes. Which is his way of offering some song of rest bonus as well. Yep. Okay. Okay. Olan's outside too. I know he's not the quietest of us, but he could probably help out. Oh, but he make a good solid wall. If he's willing to help, we'll take all the help we can get. Inside or outside? Outside with the rest of them. Okay, okay. Yeah, but let's definitely take care of you all first. So when the time comes, if you're taking a short rest here, he can provide an additional song of rest bonus. So we can double those up? Uh, Probably not, but yes. (laughs) 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 It's a D6 coming from him. One D6 over all. All the damage that you all have taken, I really don't care. <laughs> I know Finnegan's not that wounded because he was flying for a good portion of that fight and people were throwing books at him. Cyril is messed up right now. But Cyril is kind of hurt and Darwin is definitely a lot of hurt. And I am assuming that Aranus is pretty hurt too. Oh yeah. Oh, Cyril's at 81 of 134. Cyril is messed up right now. Does Cyril bruise? Like externally over the scales, like, or is it all just like very cautious steps? And yeah, I think it's more that 
blood coming out in between a few scales in places or something. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else people want to do at this time? Are you going to do a song of rest also? Oh, yeah, of course I am. Uh, Mine is a D10. All right. If we're going to jump to the healing portion, that's cool. Roll as many hit dice as you would like. Don't forget to add your con bonus. And now you get an extra D6 and D10. I'm going to roll all eight of my hit dice. Eight. You should have more than eight. You get one for every level. Yeah, you you have 15, buddy. That's right. I knew that. I don't think I need 15. Do I? You can always add more on top of it. You don't have to guess it in one shot. All right, cool. So I'll do the bonus die again to make it easier, which were a d6 and a d10. What from Arnus again? Was it a d10? D10. Yep. D10. Cool. Very nice. And use the document to make sure I do this right. I'm just going to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 10 on the d10. Ooh. Yeah, I got an 8. I was pleased with that. Oh, plus my con. I'll do the con first. Mm-hmm. I always forget that I have to use my shitty hit dice to heal Cyril. Tonk is playing his tune over in the corner as well. The con is just once or is it per die? It's just once, right? I think it's per die. Oh, per die? It is, it is per roll. Nah. Yeah, so your hit dice would be like 1d whatever plus con. Every roll. Nice. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me make sure oh, I get so. my con right. Sorry, I knew it, and then I didn't. Oh, we don't use Constitution oh, hardly I ever. Close out the other character sheet so I stop getting confused. Probably. <laughs> okay. Is it your backup character sheet? Yes. <laughs> okay. And you only get the bonus the one time, right? The bonus dice. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's why we... The D10 that's and the D6, de- right? Yeah, yeah, that's why we determined Got last it. time, like, that we could stack them. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Stop rolling ones. <sighs> yeah, If you were a party of bards, even then, I think I'd probably let it slide because it's like, we're going to put on a show and all feel better afterwards. That sounds really nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, at low levels, it feels like it could be very powerful, but at high levels, no. <laughs> You already have to take a short rest to do this, which is a whole hour. Getting there. Slowly but surely. Same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. At one point during the Song of Rest, Tonk gets out one of his other little mechanical things that plays a bit more of a melodic rhythm. Not just the distracting little bug. Cool. I got up to 114. I used 12 hit dice. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that is a lot. I have lot. one per level, right? So I got three left? Yeah. Each level you get a new hit die. Wait, how many did you use? 12. Whew. Oh, that's right. You were like basically. Darwin was dead. at like one. Right. I only used six, but I was at like half health. So it's about mm-hmm. right. Nice. And I got my keys back. Oh, yeah. Jingle those keys. Well, thank God for Cyril's plus three to Constitution, because it took me ten D6s to get her up to full health. Oof. Oh, that's right. With the Tamer class, you roll your hit dice for her. Yeah. It's because you're usually farther away from damage and aren't going to be taking uh, much heat in that way. I want to say that was the reasoning. 
Yeah, I only had to use one for myself, so that's 11 out of my 15. So mm-hmm. let's hope I don't have to use them again. Yeah. Well, the chances of having another fight that long and drawn out, pretty low. But I, I remember know. you said that when we have another fight that's that long and drawn out. <laughs> yes, please use my own words against me. That's why I say them anyways. <laughs> okay. So are we all done with the healing side of things? I think so. Okay. Well then, during this hour, as Tonk is playing his song, and you're all tending to your wounds, is there anything else people want to be doing? Do you guys want me to pray to my god to ask him to remove my superpowers? (laughs) No, but praying to your god for assistance right now wouldn't be a horrible thing. I mean, you are kind of doing his bidding. I mean, only kind of, really. He did not send you down here to smite Malsius. Yeah, he did not. Wait, why did he send us down here again? Wait, did he send us down here? No, this is personal. That's what I thought. He did not send us down here. So I'm not doing his bidding. You're also not not doing his bidding. I'm not not looking toads. Exactly. But hey, if you want to... Yeah, I'll, it's, worth, it's worth praying, at least, and being like, hey God, what's up? Alright. Well, you are in a church... To him, there is this giant stone and permafrost statue of him. So I think if you want to try to connect, this is one of the easier places to do it. Nice. So, what is your opening gambit or opening bid, opening tale? Uh, you know, what do you lead with to get his attention? Um, I don't know. Hey, God, it's me. Okay. And what comes next? I could use a little help. Malsius is one tough guy. All right. Anything else you got? Anything at all? Well, this being such a holy place, you do feel a connection. But I would still like you to roll religion, just to see how sincere he hears this prayer. Okay. Because I know you mean it, but I want him to see how you mean it. Ooh, I got a... Hang on. 25. Oh. I rolled high. Very sincere prayer. Where in this room are you doing this? What's the room arranged like again? I'm sorry. It's like the big main hall of a church. There's just a bunch of pews, two separate columns of them leading from front to back. There's a little pulpit, but... And then there's that big statue of Corum. I'm just gonna... Okay, I wanna... Are there any pews near the statue? Of course. Like, cool. I'm just... 15 feet away from it. Yeah, I just wanna be on a pew near the statue. Well, after you, after the opening of your prayer, there's a moment of silence. And then, like a wind inside your head, you hear Coram respond to you. Glancing up at the statue, it appears as if the face turns and looks at you. You blink and you notice it's still just solid, unmoving. You blink again and it looks like the statue of Coram is looking at you. Which is to say, it's not actually moving, but in your head, you see it as turning to you. Darvin, it's good to hear from you again. I do enjoy our time together. Melsius is indeed strong in my ways. What is it that you are doing down there? We're stopping him. Stopping him from doing what? Last we spoke, it was about recalling the conscription, 
which I believe he did. Are you finding the situation to be different? Don't say crap. Are there other deeds of his that I should know about? No. Past or present? It's really just the leg thing. But that's kind of a big deal to me. Mm. The abduction of your leg. Yes, I understand. I know there's other reasons, but I don't necessarily want to mention those right now. Okay. Yes, your leg was never intended for anyone else, obviously. The pendants were an interesting development. Is it that you want your leg back? Or is it that you just wish to have a flesh and bone leg again? It's that I don't want other people to have my leg. I do not want them to have my body. It is my body, not theirs. Not an unreasonable request at all, Darwin. What is preventing you from taking what is yours? Mousius is a lot tougher than I planned on. Mm-hmm. I need a Mousius trap. I'm hoping Coram likes puns. <laughs> uh, well, that one at least gets, gets to him. That one at least gets a little chuckle. Hmm. You need a way to trap him. I think that could be helpful. Hmm. If we trapped him, maybe that would provide leverage with the others. Hmm. Darwin, rule persuasion. With advantage, thanks to your uh, start of your prayer. Nice, I got a 22. Ooh, some good one-on-one -on -one time. You and My Cora. bonus is no longer terrible, and I rolled well. Mm -hmm. Darwin, do you know what makes your leg, and potentially other parts of you, very interesting? Um, no. <laughs> okay, Corm says... Darwin, what is interesting is that, even separated, you are connected. It is why the Grim Pendants, such as they are, can work like they do. Your flesh is connected in a way that allows them to draw power from you. But it is still your flesh. When you first lost your leg, you were able to have it move around on its own. That hasn't changed. Unfortunately, the bits of you trapped within pendants don't really have anywhere to go. But Malsius, and a few others from what I understand, have taken things a bit further. Pendants are mere items, able to be lost and stolen. There are some, including Malsius, who have implanted them within themselves. Makes it much more difficult to remove them. Yes, but it also means there's a bit of you inside of him that he cannot avoid. And with the number that he has inside of him, it is possible that if you get close enough, you could prevent him from leaving, from escaping. You could use your flesh to lock him down. Whoa. Does that sound useful? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a very unique situation here. Okay. I think that if he were willing, it would be very simple. But obviously you need this because he would not be willing. So I'll give you a little bit of assistance. Actually. Hmm. 
Hmm. Okay. I, I figured out the mechanics of this a little bit better. I'll give you a little bit of assistance to get you going. When you are near Melsius or any of the others who have pendants implanted in them, you can exert your will and some divine energy to try to lock them down. Which is, mechanically to say, you can spend a divine charge to make an attempt. They will have to make a saving throw against your spell saving throw. Pretty cool. Spell save DC. There we go. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you can spend additional charges to increase that DC if you wish. It's so basically, you can borrow a little bit of Cade. God charge this up. I think we still need to roll for those for today, right? No, I think you already have them. I think you guys got a uh, lot. I oh yeah, I do have a lot. I do have seven. Nice. All right. And Arnis has ten. And I have only three rebellious. <clears throat> but as Coram promised, he's going to age you this first time. So, Darvin, roll a d4. Okay. And add that number to your divine charges. Nice. Hang on. I still got to roll. Hey, I got a four. <laughs> All right. Let me update that. Eleven. So there you go. Very cool. Corm continues. I do not know who all might have pendants within themselves. I know for certain that Malsius does, but there are others. Other pendant, other pieces of you that are obscured from my view. I don't know where they are. They're in Libera, yes, but for some reason I cannot pinpoint them. So I'm assuming that means there's no way for me to see who has it either? Not immediately, no. Um, where is my, where's my Grim Pendant card? Ah, uh, yes. The second portion of the Grim Pendant abilities, Grim Proximity. When Darwin Grim is within 60 feet, when you take damage, you will both feel the pain of the injury, but only you will take the damage. Uh, this is something we've kind of let slide, but I definitely think that can be useful in determining who has pendants. Yeah. You know, if it's inside them, you won't see it around their neck. Uh, I'm sure also if you were just to, you know, strip everybody down and look, you could find surgical scars. But that seems a bit much. So one more time, if they take damage, I can feel it. You can feel it the pain. The yeah, if you're within 60 feet, which is going to be anywhere here in the church, really, and you hit them, you'll be able to tell whether or not they actually have one of your grim pendants. Okay. And then you okay. just have to determine whether or not it's inside of them or not, uh, which would probably be perception check. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. We've kind of let that one fall off just because it hasn't been narratively useful, but I think this is a good use of it. Yep. That's pretty cool. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say to Corm while you got his ear? Remind me, we st- I mean, this is for DM, we still have some of those pendants on us, right? Yeah, you've got a few. I don't remember how many, but you've got some. Yeah. So I just want to ask if there's a way I can practice. Practice? Yeah, like if I have pendants on me, can I like try to, you know, manipulate them? Mm, 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 mm. Do you just want to have them like, this is me being curious, do you just want to have them like move around on their own, or do you want to see if you can actually like lock down a body? For starters, I just want to see if I can move them on their own. Sure. Sure. Do you want to do this while you're still talking with Quorum, or do you want to save that for post-prayer? I want to save that for post-prayer. Okay. So is there anything else you want 
to say or ask while you have corn. Then we can get along to grim manipulation. No, nothing else other than thank you. <laughs> Pleased to be of assistance, Darwin. I hope that it works out well for you. Just remember, this is still my church. This is a place where my will and my teachings should be carried out. I hope that you do not stray, and I hope that you can keep others from straying. Well, that is ominous. And he will fade back to wherever he was before. Not that he was physically here, but as you look up at the huge corm statue, it just seems solid again. It's no longer looking at you. You don't feel that same presence. So, okay. Some grim manipulation. What was the first attempt at this look like? You pull out one of the grim pendants. What do you do? Um, there's like leg material floating in. It's in fluid or something, right? Yeah, in fluid, in glass. Okay. Like in a sphere? Mm-hmm. Okay. How big is the leg material? Uh, no bigger than like the end joint of a thumb. It's about an inch, maybe. It's just one piece? Yeah. Okay. And I'm just going to focus on it real hard and see if I can get it to spin. Yeah. Mm. In the palm of your hand, or are you going to set it down? Um, I think in the palm of my hand, for starters. No, I could scratch that. I'll set it down. <laughs> okay. You set it down. You focus in on it real hard. And it starts wobbling. Just a little... Mm, mm, mm. A tiny chunk of flesh doesn't have joints and as much sinew but you can see it twitching in there like, uh, 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 and it rocks back and forth i could build a darwin golem uh yeah 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 you could would you like to do more experimentation um that was not in my hand i tried to move it i tried to spin it yeah let's see mm -hmm. if i can move it up and down like in the air i don't mean outside of the pendant i mean inside the pendant to see if i can ah yeah it's like watching a fish bump into the edge of a fish tank like bumping into the glass ding, ding. if it's just one little piece of flesh within the pendant like yeah you'll be able to get it to move around okay that's pretty cool you're not at the point yet where you're really trying to restrain somebody yeah baby steps yeah but is that connection there yes okay i think that's Probably all I need to do for now. Mm -hmm. I cannot think of any other useful tests. Cool. What of your experience from start of prayer to grim manipulation are you sharing with your friends? With Arnis and Finnegan, I think it would be all of it, just because I want them aware of the maybe peril I'm in if I piss off Coram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Arnis, Finnegan. Any reaction here? Mm, nothing much. I just gotta take it in and go, well, um... I will. Being able to know who has your, the protection of a pendant will come in quite handy. Yeah. Uh, being on the outs with Quorum is pretty much our whole life, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's fine for me. That's fair. <laughs> okay. At this point, Tonk has gone outside to make sure that the exits, such that they can find them, such that they can see them, which, given this hour, yeah, to make sure that the exits are covered. Iskra is still here, in case you need anything from her. But other than that, what do you all want to do? 
Okay. While you were healing up, Iskra tied up Haydee, just in case. Oh, I was going to jump on that, but okay. that's cool. I don't know if you were too busy healing up Cyril or not. I probably was. Okay. Tied him up and blindfolded him, just so he couldn't see her directly doing this. So you're healed up. You've got a hostage slash prisoner if you need them. And you've got two paths leading out of this main hall. One, General Nils Varages and his crew. The other, Malsius. Two different directions, both still within the church. There are other doorways, but what do you want to do? Uh, I would say we're going after uh, Malsius first. Agree. Okay. You follow Malsius's bloody footprints to the edge of the room. You open up the door. There's a few more wet footprints from the snow but those eventually dry out as the snow was only in the main hall. These footprints lead you into a hallway, and there are many doors along this path. But if you want to roll perception or investigation, you might be able to pick up his trail a little bit faster. He was bleeding after all. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll roll some perception. I'll roll the investigation. Darvin, would you um, like to roll? Yeah. Let's see which of those. We'll do perception. Okay. Got a dirty 20 on investigation. Nice. I got a 19. Perception. Cool. I got a 23. Perception. All right, all right. Everybody's doing good. I like these. I like this start. Like, great numbers so far. Okay. Entering into this hallway, it's a little more dimly lit. Just a few sconces dotting the hallway. But you're each able to pick up on this trail of blood. It starts out stronger near the doorway, and then they get farther and farther apart as he goes down the hall. To go down this hallway, take a turn. It's all still on the ground level, and after about 50 feet or so, you notice the blood drops stop in front of a doorway. Finnegan, I think you're the one who notices just a small blood smear there on the doorknob. So I point this out, and... I want to walk up to the door, and even though my perception's not great, see if I can't hear anything on the other side. All right. Perception away. Ooh, but when you roll a 19, that makes it a 21. Ooh. It's been about an hour since Malsius came through here. Listening in, there is silence. I'm fairly certain nobody's doing anything in there. Right. Wait. Wait, there, there appears to be nobody in this room. Shall we continue? We shall. All right, then I open the door. You go to turn the knob and ch -ch -ch lock door. Nice. <laughs> How, uh, what type of door am I looking at? Wooden door, set in stone, metal doorknob. I step back from the door and I give a... To, uh... Cyril and she bats up to it and starts throwing her shoulder into it. All right, let's go for brute force. Cyril, give me an athletics. Of course, I rolled a five, so that's a nine. There's a heavy thud sound in the wood. <sighs> Some splintering, but the door doesn't open. Unless somebody else has got a plan, she's going to go again. I mean, Darwin could try to punch it, but it seems... The same effect, really. And a lot more painful for me. I'm pretty sure Cyril has better strength, but I get what you're going at. Yeah, yeah. I think this time she steps back a little and kind of gets a run at it and see if she can't hit a little harder. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's much better. That's an 18. 
Nice. The first one, there's some cracks, there's some splintering in the wood, but it held firm. She hits it again and just bursts through, like the whole right-hand side of the door just shatters off and the rest swings open. This door has clearly been tampered with now. Inside, you're in a much smaller room, 10 by 15 feet maybe. There's another door on the opposite wall. This room appears to be some kind of study. Books, papers, some writing implements, a couple of other weird little baubles here and there, but nobody inside. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. I, I, will, I will say this. Uh, one of the chairs there at the desk, there's a small little writing desk, two feet by three feet, and there's two chairs by it. One of them definitely has some fresh blood stains on it, where Malsius was tending to his wounds. Can I see if I can pick up a trail on where he went? Well, there's only one other door, so unless okay. he went back out well, the way he came in. The, that's, that's where we're headed. Like I'm kind of full forward mode unless somebody's going to stop me or slow me down. I am certainly not going to. Nope. Okay. This door is not locked. You're able to open it up. And this leads into a much shorter hallway. This is about 10, 15 feet long. Torch on either side. Still kind of dimly lit. They're not burning brightly. But at the other end of which, there's a much more secure door. Solid metal door. Banded. Big lock. No handle. No handle. Like, lock set into the door. So, if you have the key, you can unlock it, swing the door open. But, yeah. Instead of a handle, let's say there's one of those rings, like right in the center of the door. Just a metal ring. Can be used as a knocker, but really just used to uh, yank the door back closed. Uh, Alright, I walk over to it. Give a slight... Let's see, what do I say? What do I say? Hmm, I secure his breath. There's just no easy way of doing this today, is there? And I <laughs> grip the lock with my hand. And I say, where'd it go? Botanibus. And I cast knock on it. Oh, okay. We're doing that. Big loud sound, huh? Oh yeah. Big loud sound. There's this huge knocking sound that just bellows through the hall to cover your ears a little bit. No subtlety here, let's just say. But as you do so, if you're casting knock, yeah, you hear within the metal door. There's a slight. The door moves like an inch in. Push it open if you want. It's a heavy door, but it's open now. It's unlocked. I push it open. Okay. This room is larger than the study. 20 by 30 feet, maybe. There are more books and notes lining the shelves of the wall where you just came in. There are more tables spread throughout, but these seem to be more like. I won't say examination tables, like tables you would see in a science lab. That kind of cleanliness and order to them. Tools set out. Knives, needles, saws, bits of metal, bits of glass. There in the center of the room, near the opposite wall, is a large standing canister. Glass tube. And inside is what remains of Darwin's leg. Nice. Darwin, you recognize your leg instantly. Arnis and Finnegan, this might just look like there's a weird mangled leg inside that tube. But Darvin, was it your right leg that was gone? Uh, I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I assume, because 
because I'm probably right-handed, so I'm probably right-legged. So for me to feel to effectively wield the leg sword, it's probably my right leg. Mm-hmm. You recognize righty up there. It is by no means whole. When your leg was severed, it was above the knee, somewhere lower on the femur. That knee is gone. It looks like the leg has been slit down from the top of the knee down to the ankle, and those bones have just been removed. And instead, the flesh is sitting there open, and chunks of it have been meticulously cut off. It doesn't look like torn, but pieces have been cut off in a descending fashion from the top. And the toes are all missing. But there's your leg. And in the room, there are materials and instructions for creating more grim pendants. Did you say the leg was like inside of something? Yeah, like a giant glass tube. Okay, gotcha. Huge beaker. I'm going to see if I can move the leg. Okay. Been a while since you've tried this. Um, Make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Oh, fuck. A crit failed. (laughs) I guess it couldn't last. One of the dangers here, apparently, is that you're familiar with your leg as a whole piece. And so you're trying to move it as if it were still whole. But so much of it has been removed, including the bone, including the muscle, including the toes, that when you try to move it, you feel like the phantom pain of it shoot up your leg. You take four damage. It's called this psychic damage. Four psychic damage, because it really is just all in your head. Or it's your nerves screaming in pain. And it hurts a lot. It does. And the leg floating there in the liquid just slightly turns, as if there were a current in the water. It is still your leg, but man, that hurt a lot. It's not something that'll happen every time, but just wanted to get the first one kind of out of the way. Especially because I crit failed, right? And because you crit failed, yeah. I don't know what to do now. Can I try again? Should I try again, or does it feel like I should wait? You can do whatever you want, Darvin. Hmm. All right, screw it. I'm going to try again. All right. Make another constitution saving throw. What's a little pain, right? Yeah. Well, it's not a ton better. I got an 11. Okay. You can feel a tightness in your leg as you try to do this, but it doesn't hurt like last time. And what is the action that you're trying to have your leg make? Hmm. I guess for now, I just want to see if I can... Well, I guess I just want to see if I can move it. Okay. The foot moves up and down. That's all I'm going to try to do. At first, I was going to see if I could get it to break itself free of the glass, but now I think that's a pretty dumb idea. And instead, I'm going to see if I can break the glass. Now, if you want to break the glass, go ahead and make an attack roll. Nice. This will be... I'm going to use my fist because I'm trying not to damage the, you know, leg any Mm. further. The leg anymore? All right. Punching through the glass. Love it. (laughs) Only a monkey. This could go badly. Ah, fuck. (laughs) I got a 13. The glass cracks. And a stream of water starts to leak out. Just a little... Another solid hit and you'll break it. Cool. Throw one more punch then. Alright. This time I got a 17. The glass shatters around your hand. You get a few scrapes and scratches. Three slashing damage. Three? Yeah, just three. As the water pours over your hand, 
the bleeding on your hand stops and the leg just falls out onto the floor. Weird. Nice. And it is moving slightly as if it wants to try to right itself, but not having the bone in the leg cannot set itself up. What do you want to do with your leg? Hey, everybody, Darwin found the vast majority of his leg. I want to see if I can, like, keep it as best as I can where it would be where it attached and, you know, moving. Or at least if I could just have it follow behind me. That would be close enough for now. Interesting, interesting. Does it have a bone, buddy? It's going to just kind of flop on the ground. I mean, if you wanted to try to attach it to your leg, you do have that scabbard on, which I suppose you could either try to attach it around your scabbard or remove the scabbard and attach it directly to the blade. If you wanted it to follow you around, I think you need some temporary bone in there. Hmm. I want to try temporary bone. Okay. Not that I know how I would do that. You're in a medical-ish room. What do you find that you can use as a temporary bone? Um. There are those science lab tables. There's books. There's chairs. There's equipment ooh. for dissecting and putting together pendants. Okay, how about like a wooden chair leg? Okay, okay. I guess it wouldn't have to be wooden, whatever the damn chairs are made out of. Are they wood or are they metal chairs? I don't know. I kind of like the idea of metal because this is kind of more like a sciencey health lab room. Yeah, and it, it feels like that would probably have better structure too, right? Okay. More integrity, I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Less splintering. I don't really want like my <laughs> bone to splinter inside my leg. Okay. Yeah, you snap a leg off of one of these metal chairs. If you want to install it as a temporary leg bone for hopping around purposes, I think this is a medicine check because you're kind of suturing the leg back together around it. Okay. Uh, you can get assistance here if you want. I don't know what Finnegan and Arnis are doing while Darwin's like, I'm going to get my leg back. Yeah, I'm going to ask. I think I watch him start and I'm like, you know, I, I'm not a doctor, but I, I've done some learning about a few things in some field medicine so maybe like try to help i get a plus two to the roll so you're adding plus two if someone wants to no, lend a hand uh, you can give darvin I've... advantage unless you want to take the lead oh then there you go no no no. Mm. take the advantage take the advantage okay we'll take advantage that's cool all right so medicine check with advantage right yeah with nurse finnegan at your side i got a 16 yeah it's in there good enough You know, a little bit of field dressing, maybe a strap around the top, like a leather strap or uh, one of the metal chains that they use for the pendants. The leg's able to uh, push itself up and hold itself standing, minus the toes. Yeah, your leg can follow you around now. You've got a pet. Made out of me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's almost as good as a Darwin Golem. You're close, you know? Yeah. Bit by bit. Uh, Anything else people want to do in this room? I just want to do a quick once over and see if there are any other bits oh Darwin around here. Like if they don't have like a tray of them that are prepared to put in or whatever. Like we're not leaving anything behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Perception or investigation check. Oh, you know me. Always investigation. Because I get mm-hmm. a plus 10. Oh, plus my 19. That is a 29. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll a die. Just one. Just one. 
It wasn't quite mm-hmm. finished. The flesh is already in a little glass bobble, but the bobble hasn't been set into any sort of metal like ring or anything to attach it to a chain. So it's just like a marble with Darwin inside. All right. I find this and I give it to Darwin. Okay. But I think as I do, there's a little bit of hesitancy of like, we just got really owned and this could be really <laughs> handy. I guess I'm going to give it to you though. Okay. Uh, so Darwin, you've got another grim pendant. There doesn't seem to be any more in this room. What remains of your leg is able to follow you around. It moves at half of your speed. It is only one leg after all, and it is not complete. But you can use it for any of your unarmed attacks that you want to. Cool. Hmm. Are we doing anything else in this room? No, we're not wasting any more time. We got to keep moving. We're an hour behind this dude at this point. Okay. There are a pair of doors. One to the left and one to the right from where you initially came in. All right. Well, before we just take a 50-50 shot, can I see if I can't find any sort of indication as to which way he might have gone? Sure. You can try to listen to either one of the doors to see if you hear anything on the other side. You could investigate either door and the surrounding area to see if you can tell which one has been moved more recently. I'm going to go for the left door. Somebody else handle the right. I'm going to investigate it. Wow. I got a 27. Mm-hmm. Perception, the other one. Okay. Ooh, I got a 17. Okay. Well, luckily Finnegan went to the one on the left. There's no more, like, bloody handprint. No more blood trail. But you can see this fresh kind of gouge mark in the floor from where the door scraped along it as if something had gotten stuck underneath. But it is very fresh. Julio, I point this out to my companions and I say, I believe we should go this way. Cool. Let's do it. Yep, 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 yep. Open the door. I'll follow. This door is unlocked. You open the door. You can tell that the room is big, at least as big as this lab room that you're in. Maybe a little bit bigger just by the sound of your footfalls, but it is completely dark in here. There is some light spilling in from the lab, but outside of like the first five or so feet, dark. What do you want to do? Well, I can see somewhat into the room because I have dark vision. Can you see through magical darkness? Ah, see? And I would know that instantly. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell. Because I have dark vision. <laughs> I can normally see in the dark, but not this. This must be magic. Magical darkness in the room. All right. Well, I'll turn to my companions then and say, that is uh, not your normal darkness there. That is a bit magical. Of course, we uh, continue to find uh, problems that are not easy to solve. Um, I have dispel magic. Would that work? Oh, let me you can try it. Test. Well, let me let me let me, let me check because I think you would know whether or not this would work on magical darkness. Um, what level is that spell? It's two or three. Oh, it's like dispel magic is three. No, 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 no! Not dispel magic. The magical darkness thing. Oh, <laughs> I think you would know that this normally works on magical darkness. Do you want to try to dispel the darkness? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I do. All right. This darkness does not appear to have been cast at its normal level, so I need you to make an ability check. 
Damn. Okay. So be plus charisma on this roll. Oof. All right. Oh no, your best stat. Right? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus had nothing uh, to do with this. No, you're right. It's pure luck. Uh, I got a 21. Ah. That was a good roll. <laughs> that was a very good roll. You cast this dispel magic, and the darkness lifts. There's no other source of light in this room, but the light spilling in from the open door does seem to extend a few more feet in, about ten feet from the door, before it dips off. Finnegan, able to see in normal darkness, you can tell that this is some sort of, almost like a shrine. It's a very, it's room designed to be very holy, spent in thought. It's mostly bare. There's a small statue or idol at the other end of the room and a little place to kneel right in front of it. Is there a clear, like, way out of the room? No. All right. I guess we got to start looking around, huh? You don't know that yet because you can't <laughs> see very far into the room. Oh, uh, I noticed that it's still dark. Yeah. Do, do I know the thing I did worked? Okay, so I know it's no longer magical darkness. Yeah, you know it worked. The, the light from the door extended in a little bit more, and Finnegan's like, ah, I can see now. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to ask Finn, uh, am I safe to cast light in here? Well, you should work. Okay, I just cast light on my hat or something. I don't know. Cast light on your hat. Okay, light on your hat. I mean, I could cast it on my tight pants. <laughs> cast it on a coin and toss it into the room, too. <laughs> like a flare. But money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not hurting for a single copper. Or you could take a button off of your tight pants and do <gasps> that. They'll fall down. No, they won't. They're so They're tight. Too tight. They fall down. <laughs> Oh my fucking god. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. All right. What are you lighting up? I don't know. I'll, I'll pick up a rock off the floor and the, light it and toss it into the room. There's not a rock on the floor. You're in medical lab and quiet contemplative shrine room. There's not just rocks lying around. All right. Fine. I take a copper out of my pouch and light <laughs> it up and toss it in to the room. Okay. The room lights up. You can see what Finnegan saw, but now in more detail. Darwin, you've seen rooms like this before, especially back at the monastery in Karami. There aren't usually a lot of these in any given church or monastery, but these are rooms of reflection, contemplation, where one would go to have a deep, devout experience with Coram, whether directly or metaphorically, is not the point. But there is a small little statue idol of Coram on the other end of the room. There's a stone kneeling pad, pad in heavy quotes. There's no actual cushion on it. There are stone archway designs cut into the stone on either side of the walls, but no actual doorways. Hanging from the ceiling are a number of different religious totems. Ones for all the different gods, really. You, know, you come here to connect with Coram, but as a place, deals with the business of death as well. You know, sometimes you do need to at least honor the other gods. If not for yourself, then for the deceased, perhaps. 
but the room is about 30 by 40, almost entirely bare, and it appears to be empty aside from that. Hey, I want to start looking for a secret passage in the room, or out of the room, I should say. Hey, what about Aranis and Darvin? Uh, yeah, if there's nothing obvious, I want to see, can I look for, oh, that's going to be investigation. Ah, uh, whatever. You're gonna tell me what you want to look for. I, sorry, I was I was gonna say I want to look for signs that like like somebody's been through here, right? Like stuff has been like moved or something. Mm-hmm. That could still right. be perception. Just to give like maybe Finnegan like a place to look for the passage, right? So. All right, All right. Darwin. Could I just use my knowledge of these rooms to see if anything appears amiss about this one? Absolutely, you can. That's hecka smart. That could be, I mean, that could be perception, that could be religion, that could be history. Because you know that they're not always what they appear to be. Let's go. But whether or not this room is one of those, absolutely, you can make a roll for that. Let's go religion if that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, the design, I, this is very much like a bending the intent, but like the design of this religious room. What is your knowledge of it and other churches like it? Um, okay. Everybody roll. I got an 18. I got a 25 religion. And I got a dirty 20 perception. Okay. I suck it a lot, but apparently following a dude we're very good at. <laughs> right? It does seem weird. I need to roll a die here real fast. Let's go Finnegan, Darwin, Arnis. Okay. So you're taking a moment to look through this room to see if anything is amiss. Darwin, you know, from your experience in Karami and with the layout of churches, monasteries, and these types of rooms in particular, it may be more than what it appears. There could be other ways out. There could be other ways in. There could be just more than what appears on the surface. Finnegan and Aranis, I do think you find a spot in the wall where it looks like there's some sliding action along the floor that something should open this up. You just have no idea where. Darvin, the last bit of information you get from your recollection of these, these types of rooms, is that, is that often some of these secrets are revealed by the various pendants, tokens of the other gods hanging from the ceiling. As in pulling them, sometimes reveals a passage. It could be a passage, a hidden compartment, turn on a light, turn off a light. However, there is one very sure sign that comes. There's one very sure sign that comes to Aranus specifically that perhaps this room hasn't been vacated as Aranus, while you're searching the wall, you get punched in the back of the head and you bang your forehead against the wall. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. 
at the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend. <laughs>